Do you like my gator head? <laughs> it's to intimidate my subordinates. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> I got to get a full size. Actually, this is a real gator head. Wait, really? Yeah, it's alive. Well, it was alive. Well, now I feel like I'm going to break it. If you look into its eyes, it tells you your future. <laughs> Are these real teeth? They're real. They're as real as they ever were when it was alive. Yeah, that would not be fun to get no. bit by this. No. I'm hoping it was just a full-size like pygmy gator instead of them killing like a baby one for my <laughs> desk ornament. <laughs> it's pretty cool, though. Got in Florida, of course. Um, no, no comment? I, no, you, just, you could have just asked where you got it in Florida. <laughs> uh, cool, man. You just released your server components course on Build UI. Yeah. Yep, pretty sweet. Got that done. Nine videos. Um, it's like a data fetching course. So I think it was nice to be able to focus on that because that's like, you know, there's obviously a lot more than just data fetching, but it's a big part of the new architecture. So um, I really liked the course. Yeah. I thought it turned out really well. Yep. Yep. The course was, it was from, I built like this dashboard app where you where it showed like a list of users and you could search and filter. And I remember when I, I did that in server components, I was just I was just amazed at how much better the code was. Like no effects, no fetch requests, no loading states, just all that stuff disappeared. Uh, so basically the course is rebuilding that. Nice. That's really cool. Awesome. It's cool too how like the little parts of the DX that got better with server components, like you could say next 12 had get server side props. So you could avoid use effect for data. You could use that for data fetching, but the way it's serialized and gets hydrated in the client, the little marginal kind of like the, the sum of all the marginal benefits of a server component model, not only do you get to fetch in the server, but you render on the server too, it adds up for a really nice experience, especially when you compare it to fetching the client with use effect, but even if you compare it to fetching with get server side props in Next12. Yeah, we worked on it, we consulted on a Next12 app that used get server side props and uh, you needed components way down in the tree to get data. So you're either like prop drilling or in our case, we had set up context to share it. But all that stuff is like, it just feels like you're giving like too much rope and, and we're just gonna make a mistake at some point. So I love that like that this server component pattern, like any, any server component can fetch its own data. And this is like now in React, which is just, it's so great that this is like a, a React plus pattern. Yeah, it's awesome. And I think the reading side is the most fleshed out part of it, yes. you know? Yep. So um, in the future, we'll definitely be doing some coursework on the writing side. Once server actions stabilize, they're still in alpha and um, all those APIs are still shaken out. So anyways, that's really cool. And uh, today we want to kind of pick up where we left off last week. We were talking about your custom RSC implementation, and I think we had just gotten through the reading side. Yep. So we did want to talk about server actions today. Yeah, yeah. So I guess where where did we leave off last week? We talked about how like there is a you have this like app running in the browser that's running React in the browser. You have a, a React app running on the server that's running your server components, and like those are two different apps or two different processes. But you want to write in a single paradigm. So the you you introduce this idea of a bundler where you get to write like what you think is an editor or is a coder as one app. Uh, and then the bundler kind of teases apart the server bits and the client bits. And uh, I think we got into how when you're rendering client components on the server, the server, like React has a way where it can just leave references 
to those client components. So then when it hands the, uh, the payload off to the browser to like take the, the, the payload and draw pixels, uh, it can look at those, the browser knows how to render those references. So it's basically, there's like a system for the browser to come across some, or sorry, there basically there's a system for the server to come across some code, say, I don't know how to deal with it, hand it off to the browser and the browser can take over at that point. So, um, yeah, we're going to get a server actions, which are basically that, like, basically it's that system. It's just in reverse. It's when the browser doesn't know how to do something, it asks the server to do it. So, uh, yeah, I guess like, where should we start with server actions? Like, should we talk about, I guess, what's the motivation? So the motivation from going from server to client is like you said, you have a tree you're rendering, you come across something that needs the size of the window. It needs window. It needs browser APIs to attach event handlers, or maybe it doesn't even, I guess it needs, um, react state is another one you could imagine having state eventually attach some event handler somewhere, but you need to do something like that. So you switch it out with a reference. And once you render on the client, the client sees the reference knows how to render. So what kinds of things do you encounter on the client that you need the server for? And so we write event handlers in the client. You can attach a click listener console log to the console or fire off network request. But in this case, you, Again, in the same way that you can import a client component and render it, and this whole reference system is happening behind the scenes, it's not affecting the, the mental model of the developer. Part of the goal here is that you write a click handler for a form submission or submit handler, and you want to do some mutation on the server side and avoid the network having to think about it, having to create a new API endpoint. And so it's at that point, I want to insert a row in my database. That's where you want the client to say, I don't know how to handle this. And then basically do that on the server and have it handle it. Yep. Yep. That's a great, 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 great starting point. So I guess the way that, that server actions work is it's exactly that you can write uh, a form event handle. I don't want to repeat what you just said, but yeah, write a form event handler, click save, goes to the database. Uh, but you, you, again, you're writing from one, one app. So you need some way, like if I'm writing, if I'm writing React and I pass a function to a component, how do I know that like, oh, I want you to actually have this function so you can call it versus like, no, 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 this is like a, a function that you can't run because it accesses a database. So when you get to the point where you want to run this, just tell me about it, me being the server and, and I'll run it. So that's what server actions do. That's what, the, like, that's how you mark them. With the use server directive. You mark them with a the use server directive, which then is going to tell your bundler to basically, uh, and when it comes across this function, it needs to pass in, you know how like functions are objects in JavaScript. Mm -hmm. So you can say like function add blah, blah, blah. But then you can say add dot foo, foo equals one, two, three. Cause like the function's an object, you can modify properties on it. When you want to mark a function, when you want to tell react that this function is a, a server action, you give it a, you do kind of like what you do with the client components. You take the function like add and you do add dot dollar dollar type of equals. Um, it's like symbol for react dot server dot reference or react dot reference dot server. It's basically telling react that like this thing is going to have a reference on the server. Did you have to write this or yes, you have to write this. Okay. So, so you're part of like the RSC implementation is your bundler kind of crawl, like looks over all your code figures out the things marked with you server, and then 
modifies them so they get those properties the server reference property you give every function an id um we kind of talked about that with client components mm-hmm. last week and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get back into that but you give every uh action a unique id for me the act the ids are like the module it lives in and the um the name of the function so I, that's kind of a pattern that i've seen most frameworks use so you can just think of like you know my page pound add would would basically like the module name of the function is add uh and then there's some other properties you can give it like you can give it this bound property that or that i believe is the binding that like the the context the Mm. binding that the function has access to but i haven't done that yet so that's something that mine are always null for that right there. interesting so if it closes over something when it's defined yeah and that would be a static it wouldn't be able to be well, I think that in turn is then given to the client app and the client app can pass those Got back. you. But, but let's, let's, right. I just, I just want to highlight yeah, yeah. that there, there mm-hmm. are a whole bunch of mm-hmm. properties mm-hmm. that you can decorate the function with. Right. Now, when your server component is rendering this function, it comes across when your React server is rendering this function, it comes across this function and it's not going to try to pass this function like down to the client. It's going to pass the reference. It transforms it basically. You can imagine a, AST, yeah, d- into like an object that describes in the same way that the client component, the client component yeah, is yeah. Uh, serialized. It gets serialized into a pointer. It's a it's a reference. Yeah, it's yeah. a reference. Yeah. It's interesting that when you're transforming the client components that we talked about last week, you're like your server code is like literally not importing a component. It's replacing that import with this dummy object mm-hmm. with like the type of client component reference and then rendering that. Mm-hmm. But in the server action example, like you still have the functions, you just decorate the functions. So you're not like replacing the function with an object. You still have a function during the build, like during the, during the bundling, step. during the bundling. And when you're like, when you render, when it? you're running. Yeah. Really? Yeah, so yes. the client has the source code of the function. No, it doesn't. Oh. The so this is like this is what's kind of hard to wrap was hard for me to kind of wrap my head around that you're in the uh, in the client component example that we talked about last week like every time the server comes across a client component yeah. it's like I don't know how to render that so instead of trying to render a component I just have an object that's a reference and it has like three properties and I'm just going to use that instead so it's like the component just completely disappears from the world of the server and it's not even imported during that yes yeah, so exactly which it's is not good even, because the import the client component could have side effects that need a window to run. So it could break the build yeah. in a sense. Yes. Yeah, right. exactly. It's not even imported. It's like replaced the, when you come across uh, a server action, like you, you still have the function. You're just decorating that function with properties. And then you, the function gets used by react gets passed to a client component. It gets used on a form and then react doesn't like when react is, Oh, you, you passed a function to a client component. I'm not going to serialize that function. I'm just going to like serialize a pull reference data. The, pull, pull off the, re- the, yes. the, the data, the pull reference off. data. Exactly. So when you're rendering, like when you're SSRing it. So I don't, so let's, no SSR yet. Just, just you are generating the payload for. The RSC payload. The RSC payload. Got you. Okay. So, okay. Got you. So the, and, and that's not when the client reference is created that's at bundle time the client ref the client component references in the tree are created at bundle time but the server action references are created at render time 
Yeah. So, so yeah, these are great questions. When you are bundling and you come across a use server function, by the way, we should say that like the way you mark functions as they need to be decorated is you put, uh, the very first line of the function is, has a directive that's quote, use server end quote, just like use strict was or use client. Um, when you're bundling and you come across this, you basically modify the code to add the references, but you're just adding the references in code. Mm -hmm. So you're like, say I have function add, mm -hmm. I see it's a server component. I just, after that line, add I a put, new line, add, add a new dot line. reference. Exactly. Data. Add dot type of server reference, you know, and okay. then all the data it needs. Now that like, I'm just putting in code there. That code is going to be run. Right at runtime when React is generating the, uh, the RSC payload. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, at runtime when, when React is generating the RSC payload, it sees that and it knows that that function can be given to client components and given to forms. Forms can take server actions mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the sense that you can do form uh, space action equals server action function. And when the form is submitted, uh, React will run that server action function. It kind of makes sense, I think, because couldn't you have a server action that referenced, let's say, a variable in module scope? And let's say you invoke that action multiple times and it increments that variable. You would want it to be different each time. Yeah. So you have to wait until you render it. You get the version of the action that exists at that point. No, but no, no. We'll get, in, we'll get okay. into that because it's, it's way, way, way simpler. Okay. Um, Okay, let's talk about. But you can't, you can't. There are things about the server action that could change in between form submissions, even if it's the same action you're passing in. Yep. But there's nothing about the client component that can change for a given yes. app bundle build for a build. So that that to me that well, I, don't I know, guess just think could, out loud. You could you could yet yeah, what you're saying like yes, but you could. I could tell you render this in this spot, you render this client component, and then you're not gonna ask me for that client component until you come across that spot. So I could, technically I could serve yeah, up a different- Yeah, but for a but, given right, build, right. it's the code. Right. There's no memory involved with the component definition. It's a file that's loaded from the server, and then it's parsed yes. and read on the client, and that would be the same. It's like a fingerprinted route split bundle that has some client definitions. That's not gonna change until the next time you deploy. Yeah, it should. Yeah. Whereas the func the server function has memory. Yes. Yep. So maybe that that that's I'm just hearing this for the first time, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you give let's let's talk about like there's so many different ways you can invoke these server actions. Let's start with the form. So you have a form. It has an action attribute, and you pass in the server action. If you try to have a server component render this without a server action, so it was like form action, some regular function that's on a server action. During the render process, React is going to blow up and mm -hmm. says, hey, you're trying to pass a client component. You're trying to pass client function features. To a to, as a prop yep. to a client component. It's not functions aren't serializable. You can Just, only pass plain uh, primitives. Right. doesn't make sense because if I wrote a function on the server and then tried to pass it to the client, like how can the client call it? That function was written to run on the server. Right. I think the way I like to think about this is like, you have a function that does like console log hello world right and you pass it from the server to the client and the client runs it like where does that hello world show up where because it, it was like defined on the server but it's being invoked on the client so it's just like this is right. an ambiguous mess kind of so that function like react blows up 
during render, you can't do this. But same reason you can't pass render props from a server component to a client component. Yep. Because it, a render prop is a function, function that takes yeah. in children and returns in. It could yeah. have, yeah. So, so, uh, but but going back to how you started this with the form that adds a record to the database, like you want ways for the the browser to be able to call functions that live on the server without having to set up new API endpoints right. and making fetch requests and error handling and all that. So uh, you decorate you decorate the function as a server action by doing that type of reference thing. And then now when the RSC payload is being generated, instead of trying to serialize a function or blowing up because you're passing a function, it just has a reference in there. And so the client gets a form with a reference. Uh, and the kind of like the beauty of this is, is now when you submit the form on the client, React is just going to take over. It knows that there's a, a server action attached to this form. And so uh, on your client side, on the client side React app, you have a space where you can write a function called call server. Mm. And call server is going to get invoked with a few different arguments, one of them being the ID mm-hmm. that you attach to the server action when your bundler is just reading all your actions. And then what call server does, like call server is just an empty box for you to put whatever you want in there. So, like, there's nothing about like the implementation, like the APIs and the React side that tell you how to do that. Yeah. That's you interesting. Just, you, it's just, Call server, hey, uh, client. You could app, send a message to a WebSocket connection. You could load an image. Like you right. can do, you can do like <laughs> just the, the, all these ridiculous things. That yeah. was WebSocket. WebSocket is a great one, but I, yes, I was that's gonna, like a more realistic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turn on a Bitcoin miner. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> I was going to ask, like, at this point, did you? Is this where in your implementation you write like a slash? Because I think you had a slash endpoint that we talked about last week. But do you have like a slash actions? Yeah. So what I what Single I endpoint and it takes in the, the type of and the params or whatever, and then it can look it up. And that's what you were saying. And they have yep. a way to look up the action and then invoke it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, call server gets invoked on the in the client app. Mm-hmm. And what do I, what do I do there is I just now I send a post request back mm-hmm. to my node server mm-hmm. saying, hey, uh, you need to go run this action and I pass it the ID. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, um, you know, path to uh, my module pound add, right? That's like the name of the ID. Right, right, right. And then, so yeah, I have, I have two, I have two endpoints. One is like a get endpoint for rendering RC payloads. And then now this is a post endpoint for invoking server actions. Very cool. Yeah. And you could like, I, there's no real, like, it doesn't have to be two endpoints. It could be one. It could be, you could have one for everything, every action. Like it's it's really, because they do different things. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're, Probably there'll be like an abstraction where you share a lot of code. <laughs> Just a little side note. When you're looking at other people's RSC implementations, it is so funny how fast you just like it's like the the, you, the yeah, rocket ship it. rocket ship ladder of abstraction <laughs> where you're just like it's and, and you can see why because yeah. there's so much like that can be shared. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it is funny where so I'm like, oh yeah, there, there's an awesome abstraction here. <laughs> I want to get to that, but let's finish this part because I do want to talk about that. And I think there's a lot to say there. So um, you send the name, you can look it up and you send arguments as well, right? Because the caller, when they invoke an action, they can pass form. So does form data, is that part of the spec or do you, do you have to like grab it and pass it? We'll get, we'll get to that because there's there's three different ways you can invoke these. Yeah. There's a lot of decision tree stuff here. Um, 
Okay. Maybe, and maybe we can do the other stuff next week. Cool. Um, but we'll, let's see how this goes. Uh, so you call call server on the client. You run this. You send a post request to your node server. Uh, your node server gets the name of the module or the name of the idea. The reference my, of the yeah, server, actually. Right, which in my case, is... path to a module and path of export. So then uh, my node server does a dynamic import on that module. Require. Uh, no, no, or import, import dynamic import. import. Yeah, okay. yeah, not is it? Uh, it's called dynamic import. Yeah, yeah. Where you do await like await. import yeah, exactly. with the parentheses. Yeah, await import and then um, import that name, the everything after the pound sign, and invoke the function. And so this is a way to get back to your question that you originally posed. I am um, importing that module at request time. So if it has mm. any state, that state now like lives in my node app. Mm -hmm. So every Every all the state it references, um, yeah, it's just it's the value at that point in time. Yeah, and if you were to call it again, would it go through that again, like the second time? The second time, so the way like the maybe uh, this is like the cache import, like does import have a dynamic? Yeah, import yeah, a exactly. Cache? So this is like a how I guess the module spec is right. written, but the import would basically get say I've already imported this. And give you same reference back to right, that module. Right. So and any look it state, up in the right. So any state would still be there. So you could have multiple, multiple client apps all invoking the same server action that increased a counter by right. one, and they would all share that counter just based right. off how like JavaScript modules right. work and, and their caching system. Right, right, right. So if you had an object in scope and it had like a count property, you could in increment it, and every time, even if you've already imported it. If there's like an import cache, like we've run into that with Node before, require common JS stuff. But even if there's something where it's already been imported, it could reference that object, the same object, and so you would get a different result. If you were, if you're, let's say you've has no arguments from the front end, yep. and the server action has an object called data bag or whatever, and it has a count property, and the action does data dot count plus plus return data dot count. Mm -hmm. So every time you submit the form, you're going to get a new count. You will always modify that. Same you will object. always modify it. Yeah, and yeah, if it returned it, it would get a new version. It would get a, it would get that latest value. It would get a different value. Wait, sorry. I'm, I data I count I'm plus plus. It goes to one, and then you return data count as one. Then you call it again. Data count plus plus. Now it's two, and you return data you count return as two. two. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. So that's the thing where the like the definition hasn't in the same way the client component definition hasn't changed for a given snapshot of the repo mm -hmm. a deployment, but the difference is it can reference, you know, environment state there. Yeah. And so it's stateful. Yeah. Function invocation is stateful. Component definition is not really stateful, which again, just, I'm just trying to talk through why it makes sense that uh, yes. client components are turned into references at build time and functions are, you have to wait until you request them to like lo load them and run them. Maybe I could be wrong. I'm just, I guess I have to think more about it. Um, the client component definition is part of the bundle, but the function environment is part of the runtime. Yes. Yes, that yeah. is true. Yes. Yeah. So if you had like a process environment in there, it could change over time. Yep. Um, without the code changing. Or Correct. you have Correct. like without a, the code changing. a variable Correct. in module Correct. scope. Correct. Dude, very Which is great because yeah. you could your thing could well, connect that's, to a database. Right, exactly. The so database connection is there the whole time. Yeah. You know, and um, it's a function, it's not like a code file. So mm -hmm. it's a little bit different. Cool. Okay. So now one of the awesome things about implementing this yeah. is you kind of have to write your own system to undo all that. Because every time I save a file, 
I want to make sure I want to like clear the module cache right. so I get a new import because I don't right. So you're just you write like all this like caching code anyway. Just yeah, like yeah, more yeah. stories of implementation. Yep. Um, yeah. So you uh, once you invoke call server on the client, it runs the server code. And what do you do with the result? You like from that point, you don't have to do anything like like you invoked call server. You did something in call server. You did something on the server. Um, now, probably you're 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 doing some sort of mutation, like mm -hmm. you're changing a database or increasing an account. So you want like the screen should probably update. Right. right. Uh, so in my case, I take the current URL that you're on. I re-render that on the server, send that back to the client and the client knows to do like a VDOM diff with that new URL. So, so imagine you are on a screen with a count and you just like the client component had a form. It was count plus one invoked a server action. The count would increase a module scope, new render would happen. It would get that new count sent down to the client and client would like redraw with that new count. That's awesome. I feel like we jumped ahead like two steps because that's like amazing. And that's what I wanted to get to. First, let's just really quickly cover the arguments side. So, so far you, you invoke it and let's say you didn't wire up that behavior to re-render. Yep. So far, when we talked about the reading side last week, you had wired up things like navigations to change. And we had even talked about that's right. They're, they're, the code path that goes through like the get side of RSC and it causes the VDOM diff. How do you trigger that in your implementation navigations? But there was also a way to do it. Just you could you could write up something that did it every second. Yeah, yeah there's yes. like a function you call. It asks the server for the J, for the RSC payload, and then it takes that and it calls React dot render. Right. So. Yeah, it's basically you, you wrote, that. That is a the RSC payload is is a promise that when it resolves is it, renderable. Okay, got you. Right, yeah. right. And then you call render somewhere. So if you didn't have that automatically happen, you could orchestrate on the client. Like the flight controller could be on the client. You call a mutation, and then you call something like whatever re-render. That's like possible. I mean, you could just have uh, a yeah, yeah, yeah. access to a like, re-render function whenever you want. I mean, it. in my call server, after I send the request to the server, right. I could do window.location.reload or whatever. Well, yeah, but but the, to get the diffing thing, you could also call re-render because it's the same mechanism that you're using to update the screen if the URLs changed, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yes. Cool. So so let's 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 say we're there. The the action is a fire and forget and then you can re-render if you want to. Now you want to send arguments over. I guess arguments, when you invoke it, just because you have a reference, but you're still writing it as if you're invoking it, so you can pass arguments in. Mm -hmm. And again, just like you explained, you're sending a post request to slash RSC with the type of and the name of the function. And then you're also, I'm guessing, going to send, you can send arguments to yeah. it so that when you, in your handle handler on the server you look up the action and then you want to invoke it with some arguments some argument, yep uh yeah so like you're adding a new post to the database right you need to be able to send over a post title so like the form data the form data that ends up in like in next.js that you get in the server action mm -hmm. how does when you're implementing the action side does is that something that you have to wire up or so let's talk about uh we'll get how would you get form, form data yeah like let's a, let's talk about just uh Let's talk about a really simple version first, and then form day is going to be the exact same thing. But I think it's the simple version will be 
I have a client component with a button. Yep. And when I click it, I want to call server action. And I want to, I want to pass one in, and two. Yeah. I want to pass in like the mouse location or something. Yeah, so it's yeah, a client yeah, component. Right. It needs to read the mouse location. It's right. going to pass in some X coordinate, right. you know, 104. Uh, so you have a client component, you pass the server action to it. When you like literally call that function, the client component, it's going to call that call server function mm -hmm. that you, that you define mm -hmm. that looks at like the root of your react app, uh, call server can take arguments. Mm -hmm. So if I call that function with like 104 mm -hmm. call server is going to get the name of the server reference as well as any arguments. And in this case it is going to be, uh, let's say I'm calling with a number 104, mm -hmm. like not a string, just number 104. Now I need to send that data over to my server. And this is a, a really cool part where, where uh, React server the React server implementation really helps you out. They have a function that you import called encode, encode reply. So I can take those arguments that um, you called me with and I can pass them to encode reply. And what it gives you back is like a string JSON encoding. So if you did like a string 104, it would be like the json.stringify string 104 or a number, whatever. From my point of view as an implementer, I don't care. I just know that there's a way that I can en encode arguments and then safely send them to my server. Like they could change that to be like, oh, we're gonna use a message pack or right. a base 64. Right, base 64. I, right. To me, it just doesn't. It's safe for transfer. Yeah, safe yep. for transfer. Uh, then on the server. They have a decode. Exactly, decode reply. And decode reply is gonna basically like I said, it's adjacent string mm -hmm. because I called it with a number. Mm -hmm. So I decode it and then I get the arguments mm -hmm. and then now I can import my server function and call it passing in mm -hmm. the arguments that decode reply cool. gave me. Uh, so the form data case is pretty much exactly the same. Uh, but uh, when basically decode, I think um, encode and decode reply, they take like either strings, I think decode reply takes either a string, which is going to be that JSON encoded, or it takes form data. Mm. So if you have form data, like you don't go through that whole JSON mm -hmm. process. So if you have form data, it's already it's, safe. It's already safe. Exactly. So when you submit it, it gets submitted as form data. And then your server can just can read the form data, depending on what your server is implemented in. Right. That's either really easy or really hard. Lucky for me, I started this project like two weeks ago. So I'm not dealing with Express or anything. It's, mm -hmm. it's really easy to read form data with like modern. I'm using um, Hat Tip, which is just an awesome Node HTTP server. They work everywhere, but uh, it's awesome. You just do request.form data and you can read in the form data. Nice. Yeah. So uh, you it have the same APIs as it does in the browser, like Remix exactly. Actions too. Exa exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, That's, it's yeah. like a modern, modern web server. Works, nice. works everywhere, normalizes those nice. APIs. So yeah. Uh, so I can use, I will say this, just one little thing to add in here. The form data that you submit in your form, when it goes to call server on the, uh, the, React, on the React client side, React basically decorates it with a whole bunch of other information that like React uses, and then it sends it over to um, encode reply is going to decorate it. And then it sends it over. Actually, I'm not sure if encode reply decorates it. So let's just say that React is going to decorate your form data on the client with a whole bunch of information. Okay. It sends it over to the server. 
And then if you were to just read that form data, it's going to have weird names. Okay. That, like, so you pass it to decode reply okay, and decode reply gets you like the form that you feel like you're working with that gotcha. you think yeah. like that has, Only like, has your data from the field. So example, like if you have like a name field, it's going to get encoded as like one underscore name. Ah. So decode reply just transfers that into name. There's also some other stuff. I think like, um, some like scope stuff that gets encoded encoded there again i'm not doing any of this in my app so i just go to maybe it's just reply. smoothing over some html spec stuff like if you have two inputs with the name they're both added but we need to tease them apart so we give them like our own ids i think react wants because if you try to serialize and maybe you turn into a json and you can't have the same keys but like forms can have like multiple inputs with the same name something like that yeah, maybe I, I i again it's all form data mm -hmm. so but mm -hmm. i Again, there, there's just more information yeah. available for yeah. the React runtime on the server, but gotcha. when you're invoking your server action, you just want like the form. You want to feel like you're in the client. You that you just, yeah. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. then decode reply gets that cool. all out for you. Nice. Uh, and then that, you you have a form, right? Because decode reply can take a string, get back the objects that you called it with, or it can take a form and you get mm -hmm. back a form. Mm -hmm. So now that I have a, a form, I can import my server action and invoke it and pass it the form. Right. And then in that case, your server action is just doing like, you know, form.get, the form right, data right, 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 So right, form.get name, a bunch of type of checks yeah. because it might not be a string. <laughs> or, or whatever, yeah. 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 Cool. Um, okay, so, and then that's how you can pass arguments, whether they're mouse position, something on the client, or even just you have two buttons, one you want to call the server action called add with one and two, this one you want to call with one and three. Yep. And um, if they happen to close over some, it doesn't really matter. And the, if they close over something on the client, it's going to turn into an argument. If you were, that doesn't matter because if I had like first number and second number in React State up here, and then I call add and I reference it as a closure, it's just at the time that it gets invoked. Yes. That's just how JavaScript works in the client. But if you have an argument on the definition side that's in the server, that is referenced via a closure, then something special happens, right? So in, in my implementation, I only let you define server functions and top level module scope. Okay. Or in, um, a file that's marked with you server. Mm -hmm. So you can't like close over anything at request time because mm -hmm, those mm -hmm. definitions happen before request time. What about if you imported like a const or like a variable, or you just had some local, again, like that talk thing we were talking about where you have like object data yeah, bag yeah. equals open parentheses, open bracket count colon zero. So, so and then when you you define your action and then you like console.log yep. object.data. So you data will, count. You will get the the data dot count at the the value of that will be the the value of it at the time you're invoking the action. Right. So it doesn't say like And that gets oh, passed along. You, that that gets no, that it doesn't ends get up passed, in the client. No, it doesn't oh, okay, get passed doesn't, along. Okay, gotcha. it, it, basically in this case the the client just has like I want to run this function from this module, mm -hmm. and then you load that function from ah, because that it's module. Because passed as an argument, right, right, right. Yeah, it's you load referenced. that function from that gotcha. module, and that module can have closures yep. and everything yep. inside of That's it. That's normal yeah. JavaScript. In there, Next thirteen, it's different, right? Because in Next thirteen, you can define functions and render. Right. So then they That's depend why. on the current render. 
and that ends up as part of this um the type of the data reference that's hanging off of the function in the client in so the that client. if you look at the client what it's sending over to your post request to slash rsc it has the function identifier any arguments you're having from the client but potentially also arguments that were sent over during render when it was created right right right, right. i have like i don't this is something that like i think is cool but i'm probably not gonna add it to my implementation for until you would for see a situation for, where you would absolutely need it but. yeah it would be, basically be two different reasons like the first is it's like too I, much power it's it's really hard like to go mm -hmm. from like yeah it's it's really i think for this i would want like more guidance from from react server components and like more more tools similar to how it's hard on the implementation side or it's it's hard, hard on the implementation gotcha. side uh i would want more tools like like encode reply and decode reply right, right. that just kind of smooth over that for me like uh given i have a function that can be created during render right and then needs to be called later right. like i don't want to i don't want to keep track of like decorating that function and all that like i would want right. guidance from them like this is how you do it there's one way to do it. That's right. how we think you should do it. Right, right now, I feel like there's there's just not enough guidance. And then the other thing is, and this might be like more of an excuse because the first reason it's really hard to do. Yeah. But I I've made I made a mistake in one of my next apps where I did um, during render I fetched a user and then I also need to know if the user was an admin to render something. So I had like is admin current user is admin. And then uh, in the server action, I only wanted you to update it if it was if you're an admin. So I just did like if is admin, you can update this. Otherwise, you can't. Be because it was created at render. Because it was like created at render, is admin wouldn't change or something. No, is admin is passed from the client to the server. Ah, so this is a mistake that I think is gonna like. Again, like I, it's a scary kind of stuff. The stuff that like Rich and and Ryan Florence have talked about the 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 blurring the lines makes it easier to slip, kind of um, both to leak sensitive information, but also well, to write them in a to way accept, that to accept, accept sensitive information. Yeah, to right? accept information you like. Oh, I just it should be I said it was, environment. It was, yeah, yeah, I said you were an admin. Yeah, but like because you define that function render now it's 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 uh, right. state needs to be passed in from the client component right. uh so how do you fix that one? Oh, you you so how do you fix that one is inside the action inside the action you you, check re, you refetch the user right. and then you check if they're an admin and how do they get the session or the cookie or oh they just they, look at the cookie in, in request next, they have uh, cookies yeah yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah, have cool. a import you can use cool um i think interesting. it's interesting yeah i think it's like so I, I understand that is the is the reason why you think they have it is because the way we write our a lot of our our event handlers on the client we use cl closures a lot because it actually removes a lot of boilerplate if you're iterating over a list of to do's and you create a to do component and you give it a to do and you want to like handle delete then you can use a closure to get the id of within the loop without mm -hmm. having to like do write something new each time right yeah so we write that a lot of our if you look at like a hello world app that we the way we would build it it would have like add to do and delete to do you know our recipes have this right in, in render mm -hmm. and that they can close over an id that's passed in let's say yep is that kind of the idea you think they're going for where like they want people to be able to write it in that style even though it's using it so that that would be an example of, of a variable you would we probably would write it the same way 
actually you probably take like the some of the demos we have like on our recipes page and when you click to remove it to do instead of updating state you would literally just take that you know and turn it into a server action but the id is being passed in the id is not sensitive making sure i have the authority to delete it is right. so the server action would still need to do authorization but that kind of non-sensitive data like the idea that to do that you want to delete that could be passed from the client and it could be done in a closure so that you can preserve this kind of way of like doing react app architecture that we like is yeah. that kind of you think that there are like why my, they even support it to begin with yeah my t my take on this is like if if you just like taking it like a really big step back and look at the big picture here it's it's to be able to author a single application that spans both right the server and the client right so client components and server components just intermixed with each other right. And then the, the same is also true, like client components with event listeners right. that are firing server functions. Right, right, right. So um, you would want, in that case, you'd want like the Azure servers rendering. Render. Yeah, yep. so that they are now callable from client components. I, I think the thing that gets lost though is you, there's no like, it's real. It's just really easy to make a mistake. Yeah. And, and I've heard solutions like, will encrypt everything yeah. and sign everything. So uh -huh. if someone tries to like tamper with uh -huh. tamper something that with wasn't created input, at render time, we would know. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, if someone actually tried to pass, like, is admin true when it was really false? There was like, a signature they, a with signature this function that, that can be it. verified when we invoke it. Yeah. Interesting. Or like, oh, I, I have like uh, my function is connecting to a database and I need the database credentials. Interesting. That if I close over database uh, credentials, those leak. Yeah. So, uh, but I want to be able to close over them. Yeah. So maybe I encrypt them. Yeah. And so like they can leak, but they're not human readable. Right. And so I, I think like just- Interesting kind of where I stand is all the things that I've ever, I've needed to do in this model. Like I'm usually working with forms or, or like buttons that can invoke server action. It's actually usually forms. I yeah. would say 90% of the time it's forms and adding a hidden input is, is really easy. Right. And then you don't have to close over anything. So in the and ID you're case, aware mentally yeah, that yeah, yes. this is in the output. So this and it's is going to end up on the client, so it can't be sensitive information. And this is like, like some, is admin true or something? This is some friction for me in my head, where like I'm kind of making this argument that like you don't want to close over things because yeah. it's too easy to make a mistake. Yeah. But then I'm also making this argument that like you want to abstract away the yes. client and the server, yes. and you want to just ha think of this as one app. Yes. But as soon as you make a hidden input, which is what I'm recommending yeah. you do, but as soon as you make a hidden yeah. input you're acknowledging that this is two different apps yeah. because this is now data yes. that's like going to get serialized. Yes. By the way, today, I absolutely think this is the best. It's pragmatic. I think it's, well, you know, what's, what's really interesting about that whole story you just told is that that's pragmatic because it's well understood and you can even imagine other RSC implementations choosing to not let you define things in line, choosing to have to be in a, in, in a, a separate file so you can't close over anything that's Mm -hmm. That's great. Top, top level is fine. Top level. And it, you can't close over during render. You can't close right. over things that are right. created during render, which is where the confusion can happen. There's still a huge benefit to that because you are getting rid of the explicit connection with the API route, right? You want to invoke this function when you click the button. Now you can do that. Or when you move the mouse or whatever. So you're eliminating like the, the most tedious part of doing actions and mutations today, which is defining an API route, invoking it with fetch, blah, 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 blah. 
but that solves that part, which is great. But then there's this next level, which is like the aspirational level, which is like the single paradigm. It re- the story reminded me exactly of the, re- the reading side, the rendering side, because you could say, start with create React app, you have to data fetch in effects. And it's like, well, that's a pain because you have all these extra states you have to render before you can fetch. Next 12 introduces get server side props. Oh, that's awesome. I can like click load and all I want, like this effect stuff with these waterfalls and all these different states. I just want you to give me a function that can fetch data and then pass it to my component as props. That's all I need. That solves so many pain points. But then when you look a couple of years later, you flash forward to RSC and the course you just made, you realize one, if you can cross the bridge and get the paradigm, you get the extra benefits that we're convinced of now. Yep. So maybe we're in that middle stage where it would be a good first step as we're the whole community is figuring out how to use them. Try not to do fancy things with them or because if you're running into problems with exposing secrets or like you said, it's just confusing because there's a lot of new stuff. You could just use them as importable functions and that would save you from having to wire up API endpoints and you do your basically it's a controller method that you'd write in rails in a server action. Yeah. But you're thinking about it like an endpoint. You're, you're thinking, thinking about like a function it like an action. But, but then if if they if it happens that it works in this way that it can be defined in render, I mean it does technically work, but if it's not confusing and there's patterns that emerge, this is what I'm thinking. You take a demo of like my reminders list that I have for an animated list and it's just operating on react state you click add and it like calls set state you click remove and it calls set state filter all of those are in like one component it's like one component that does that mm-hmm. if you can go from there to literally just changing those handles add and remove to server actions and nothing else changes that's pretty amazing because yeah. then it I, I think that is the goal it should feel like writing a react component that adds and removes items from a list on the client. But now, and it goes back to your tweet, which you said like three months ago, once you finished this demo and you were tweeting about, it, you said it really feels like react's going to abstract away the network. And that's kind of like, feels like what the goal is here. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's interesting because I'm totally on board for this. Um, but it's early. It's a, yeah. It, it's, it's, un, it's it's untreaded, untested waters. I, I would say like what's the phrase? Yeah, non. It's undis. What's the phrase? <laughs> Thursday night. You know, Thursday night is Friday night eve. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think what you said. I'm just gonna ignore. <laughs> un, untested waters. It's un, not the phrase. Uncharted waters. Uncharted waters. Boom. Boom. <laughs> okay, we're uh, professionals. Yeah, I agree with ev- I agree with everything you said. I think uh, as as an as an implementer right. of a framework, my like <laughs> my is a yeah. the Ryan framework. My defense Toronto is Toronto JS. My, <laughs> Bugs JS. No, <laughs> as in as as someone with with uh, with uh, um, RC implementation, like my defense, I want to go on the defensive and be like, that's so much more work for me to for me to add that. And if it's though. complex for you on the implementation and, side, it probably means it's more hard and, to understand for the authoring side too. Well, just, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And I feel like I'm giving my future self, I'm never going to use this in production, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. it, you're giving the users of the, your implementation, uh, 
rope. like rope. too much rope, to way too much rope. They, yeah. they, all they have to do is close over is admin and they're, right. and they're done. So, uh, but I agree with the vision. Like I, right, I right, absolutely right. agree with the vision and I'm like totally on board. And yeah, it would be awesome if you just like you're writing functions that just close over stuff. It's like, wait a minute, this is like, this is actually an API, API endpoint that's different for everyone. Cause everyone got different like render props based right. off like who their current user was. Um, right, right, right. Exactly. It's really, really cool. I, I would, I would say that like, I would, I would want to see like a lot of guidance from react on how to do this. Mm-hmm. So I'd want to see like react say, okay, here's like the safe way, like when you're bundling and you need to change these functions, here's like the safe way to do it mm-hmm. again, just back to mm-hmm. that encode decode reply APIs that they have. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would really mm-hmm. want to see mm-hmm. them not just them like, oh yeah, you should. And I think this is why server actions are in alpha right now is because they're there. There's not a lot of guidance on this. Right. And so, yeah. If you were just doing the to do example or reminders or whatever, and you wanted to auth render the list from no, no, no animation or anything. So all server, all server. And you just do map over the list of to do's you render list item and then each list item is a form that if you click it, it deletes it. And the form has an action and it's a server action. So you're not writing any client react yet. You haven't written it, written any client components yet. You would have to use a closure for that. No, you do a form. You do a form. A form? Ah, yeah. with a hidden input you're saying. With a hidden input, yeah. But now, if you if you wanted to do something where you do a form action equals and then you do um it invokes Event you do it. So if you did it with a closure action equals, um, anonymous function, right. And then whatever user, it could be imported or whatever. It could just import delete to delete to do, but you would do anonymous function and then call delete to do with the ID in the loop. And that's where the closure is correct. And that would be created at render time and that would have to get serialized and this would all work. And the way to avoid that is to render the hidden input and call it. And now it's an explicit argument. Okay. Got it. Exactly. And so, yeah, so that would be, yeah. So that, and okay. Now I understood before, but that really makes sense where this would be like an interesting video to make, but you said, when you write the hidden input, you're doing it to get data from the render to the server, to the action, the act, the endpoint that you're posting to, and you're breaking out of the paradigm. Cause you would never do that if you were just in client react, you would, you just have the data in the loop already. If you, if you needed like, you know what I'm saying? You would never read from the Dom to get the data. If you were just rendering a loop of items in client react, and then you needed to do something like handle hover, show an avid show a modal of which to do you clicked you would just use the thing in the loop obviously because you have it yeah, there. Yeah, yeah so that's kind of what you're saying but and that would be yeah okay but, but I, I like the argument the argument is I'm gonna, that i'm gonna take the art like if you if you outlaw that possibility it both doesn't feel like writing react as much but it also surfaces the concerns that are inherent in client to server exactly. communication exactly it makes it crystal yeah. clear yeah. that this yeah. is data yeah. that lives on the yeah. client yeah yeah and it is being yeah. passed to the server yeah um, which is both, po- which is which avoids the potential errors with both exposing secrets or letting the client tamper with what's being passed back to the server. Exactly. So, yeah, interesting. Exactly. Interesting. But um, exactly, I yeah, think yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. I think that's cool. I think if those two go away, and there are like you can you can sit oh, here I'm and go straight armchair. for the 
You can sit here and you can armchair like ways to get rid of this. over everything on my first <laughs> yeah. RSC app. I know. And then have someone just come along and, and be delete like, my oh, database. is that been true? Delete. <laughs> uh, I think you can you can armchair like really yeah. nice solutions that make those problems go away. You got to just test it out. Though. And then and then like that's it's it's solid. It's right. like, yeah. Right. Right. Uh, but I think. Um, yeah. You want to see it play out. You want to see what emerges in mm -hmm. terms of protecting certain things or. Mm -hmm. um, I also think, too, from a th there, there's definitely tension here between paradigm and being pragmatic. pragmatic. So for me, the biggest pain point pre RSC, pre all this was uh, I want to write data to a database. Yeah. And now all of a sudden I'm setting up API servers. And right. I know that it's like conceptually easy to do that. Right. But it's pretty bad. Like, it's just, it's pretty bad. Like, I just want to talk to a database and RSC so nicely solves that. Um, so I don't really mind, like, given that I get all that, I don't really mind the hidden input. I'm not, I'm trying to be pragmatic and you've got rid of the API endpoints. Yeah, that's Thank a you. huge, huge, Thank huge, you. huge benefit. But I can understand the need, um, not the need, I can understand the desire to have like the single paradigm right? where yeah, you're, you take the client component that closes over state yeah. and now you move it to a server that closes over some, uh, database API and look at that, like, uh, array in state to the database file on server and everything else mentally right. still stays the same. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So I think it will be, yeah, really, really cool if that lands. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Why don't we wrap it there? But, um, I think there's more of this conversation because, um, talking about our discussion with like the respond value of the action, how that's different from rendering. And, um, yeah, so that'll be interesting to talk yeah. about. It's good. It's actually really good to, I think, address the, the, like the fear of the, um, server actions where you're leaking data or, yeah. or I think it's good to address that up front yeah. before you get into all the other stuff. All the yes. other stuff is really cool, but, uh, also you could, too, you could, you could have the, the, the the biggest benefit of the action server actions is you don't have to name an endpoint. You don't have to call it, know how to call it, decide on how you're going to pass the data, serialize, deserialize. It's all taken care of for you. There's one endpoint to do it. And, um, you can do a fire and forget thing and still have an app that does mutations and re-renders and, um, that could be it. And really like if every react app, looks the same in terms of how like the developer approaches mutations you you use a server action mm -hmm. that's so much better mm -hmm. because like think about all our apps we use a server on some we use um our own custom apis like you know what i mean it's just yeah. nice that they all everyone kind of yeah forms around server action. i know but the exciting thing about the server action being able to respond with the rsc payload you can use to update the screen is to me that's bananas yeah, yeah. your uh, server endpoint is never going to do that <laughs> no no but but i think like just just the fact like this seems very minor but just yes. the fact that like if i if we went off and we worked for 10 different companies yes. they would all have different, different protocols or own api protocols yeah. basically everything from how they're like their json is shaped i mean maybe they're using graphql so yeah. maybe there's like some normalization there but yeah different back-end services different ways of invoking these things and like now that it's just server action i think that's a huge huge benefit it is and it's it's it has it, it enjoys the same benefits that rendering with RSCs do because RSCs are now like async components, but because they're integrated in first class, they can take advantage of things like suspense and transitions. And now your actions can too. 
Yep. So your actions can enjoy the being part of the first class ecosystem, both in React and then also the third party stuff. It's much easier for me to imagine how third party and community components could operate on any server action because they conform to a single interface than a third party component that has to interact with some mutation code that you have that's being kicked off by um, that's by that's being kicked off by you know SWR use queries version of use mutation whatever all those different yep. things are are they using suspense blah 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 yeah so cool um, that's really exciting cool let's pick it up next week and uh, I think we just lost your video so you're gonna have to just wave from the abyss <laughs> yeah. goodbye to everybody <laughs> but um, Folks should check out your course. I know we've been talking a lot about RSC, but it's been, um, I think it helped. I think we talked about this last week with just, you know, I feel like the course is really good. So if you're interested in getting an introduction, you should check it out. And um, we're definitely be making more server components content and build UI, you know, um, I don't know when, but we are going to. Yeah, for sure. Because yep. it's, it's pretty awesome. We're excited about it. We like using it ourselves. So. Um, definitely keep your eyes out for that but otherwise um, I guess that's it yeah and uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week see ya alright bye